All right, here we go. Nigel Smith week is here. The four-star defensive lineman from Melissa, Texas, going to announce on Friday. So, since it's Nigel Smith week, can we finally give this kid the credit he deserves as a top 100, top 90 player, number 82 overall nationally? We've talked about Nigel Smith a lot this recruiting cycle. I think we've talked a lot about Nigel Smith for, what, almost two years now? Maybe it's because David Stone and Williams Winery or... And some others on the defensive line. I just don't think that this kid gets the credit that he deserves, man. You got a great chance this week, Parker, to get the number 82 overall player, and he's a defensive lineman. I think you should celebrate that if you're an OU football recruiting fan. What I think you should celebrate on a broader scale is that, shoot, a month from now, you might have all but two or three of your targets committed to the University of Oklahoma. And you might be able to just kick back and – Enjoy the last couple months of the recruiting cycle and see where the chips fall with Williams Winery. Because after this weekend, man, yeah, you got Nigel Smith on the horizon, but Oklahoma made huge progress with Danny Okoye, yep. with Daniel Akinkunmi, with Michael Boganowski. And then we're all just waiting on a couple decisions that could drop at any time. Devin Jordan and Grant Bricks. Yeah. No, I, I mean, Wilt Fong had a story up this weekend uh, inside an exciting recruiting weekend at Oklahoma. Which, it, to be fair, is always the title of any story he does on well, recruiting but, weekend but it, hey, it was an exciting recruiting weekend at OU, and, and we, we teased it going into the week. Hey, this could be one of the you know bigger uh, game day uh, recruiting weekends that OU has this year. And uh, yeah, Danny Okoye, what, at one thirty today, tweeted out, well... Now I have my own top three, so I might not even have to wait until October. So read into that how you will. But it is interesting, Parker, that the Monday after a visit that he takes to Norman, he says something like that and says, I may not even have to wait until October. Yeah, especially well that, when you combine that with the good news about the uh, how the visit went. Yeah, absolutely. But that shouldn't shock anybody because who are the three programs we, we've been talking about? The only three programs we've been talking about for probably the last month with Dana Koye. Texas and Tennessee along with OU. Bingo. Yeah. There you go. So that's kind of been the unofficial top three for some time now. Um, I already favored OU for Danny Okoye coming into this weekend. Only slightly, though. At this point in time, I favor Oklahoma by a much wider mark. So that's, and that's what they needed to do. Yeah. Um, it, OU had the slight lead going into this weekend. You wanted to really lengthen that lead. Um, not that Texas or Tennessee are, are out of it. I don't think that that's what you're saying. But you think now OU has a noticeable lead in this recruitment, and that's exactly what they needed to do this weekend. Which it, still crazy to think six, of where the six, months, six ago, months ago, man. Six months ago, that. can you imagine saying those words about Danny Okoye? Well, Parker, how about six months ago? I say, hey, Okoye, Danny Okoye is going to take an official visit to the first OU game. You probably would have said, I, I don't, I don't know if that, and, and and he ends up taking a visit where OU lengthens the lead even more. Coming, no, it was it was a good recruiting recruiting weekend for OU. Danny Okoye, they did some nice things there. Um, what you had Fong put in a crystal ball for Akin Kumi early last week, and then you and Brandon both put in Futurecast over the weekend. Yeah, let me just put it this way, I. I don't think that kid's going to be taking any more visits. The Wagyu one outs. The Wagyu one out for Daniel Lock and Kumi. 
the the post game meal for those guys was uh, a plus. It sealed the deal. I hope they say that when they're uh, in their commit stories. Gosh, I just this is recruiting, folks. Like this is the essence of recruiting. Six months ago, if you had told me, okay, Oklahoma's not going to get Bryant Wesco or Peyton Pierce, Williams Winery is going to commit to Missouri, but OU gets Danny Okoye. I would have laughed you out of the building. There's long shot odds right there. I would have <laughs> laughed class, you out of the building. Ago. But this is the highly fluid world in which we live. Uh, from the 918 on the Meyer Chevrolet text line, will Nigel Smith play defensive end or will he play defensive tackle? Defensive end. Yeah. Defensive end. 6'5", 260. Again, he's the number 82 overall player in the newest rivals rankings. I should mention that. The, the, newest, the latest rivals rankings are the newest batch of rankings that we have. And uh, Nigel Smith, the number 82 overall player in those. We did get a crystal ball. I think it was today from Mike Roach, which thank you for joining the party, Mike Roach. Thank you for putting in your crystal ball to OU. Thank you for the prediction that everyone else is in on right now. Um, but on the week of decision date, it's it's good that you're at least you know getting more and more predictions as we get close. And I, I, here's here's where things are at right now with OU and Nigel Smith, and here's where they've been. We talked about it, I think, last week. The real question in this recruitment is, who's number two? Like, who is, who is and who has OU realistically been battling uh, for Nigel Smith? And there's just not a clear-cut favorite that's the number two behind OU at this point. No, there is not. And I think after Peyton Pierce committed, there was that moment in time where Sooner fans were fretting somewhat about the possibility of – Ohio State making a push for Nigel Smith but I really I would say since last November or so Oklahoma's led this race for close to a year and a half but ever since last November or thereabouts there really hasn't been a close second in the race for Nigel Smith yeah yeah really hasn't uh Drew from Flower Mound uh let's go to this one first from the 405 if Daniel Akinkumi really felt like OU was home I could understand him wanting to shut it down. It seems like a real pain to fly from the U.K. to the U.S. for every visit and the money as well. Well, these official visits, I, that, that helps out money-wise when they're official visits and the, uh, the schools can chip in a little bit. But, uh, yeah, a, a pain to fly from the U.K. to the U.S. He was documenting his travels to Norman, Oklahoma, and it, it, seemed, like a, it, it seemed like a lot to get to OU. Seem like a lot, but all the predictions rolling in now for Daniel Locke and Kumi to be a part of this offensive line class, which you don't know much about him. Um, he's a three-star from the UK. What What's to be excited about with Daniel Locke and Kumi uh, as, as a piece on the offensive line? I think just the athletic ceiling, man. And that guy's offer sheet speaks for itself. Clemson, Miami, Oklahoma, uh, Ole Miss. I'm trying to think who else, but he's got a laundry list, right? And for a guy that's only played football for a couple of years at this point, it says something when guys like Bill Biedenboe are willing to take a chance on somebody who is that inexperienced and that unfamiliar with the game, with the knowledge that, okay, you know what? He probably doesn't play year one, but this guy's combination of size and athleticism and we got to work out the technique maybe, but just everything that's inherently there with a kid like that is enough that if we do our job as coaches to develop him and we put in the work to make sure that he's being adequately prepared, 
to play college football in the SEC. We think he can be a long-term starter and ultimately an NFL guy. Ohio Sooner, do you foresee any late offers this cycle a la Taylor Wine and Taylor Heim? Oh, I'm sure that's going to happen. Uh, they, they offer someone late November, early December when we get closer to signing day. Who are, the, who are a couple of those names? Um, no one immediately stands out, at least to me, Parker. I'm trying to look maybe in-state to see if they would offer someone uh, here late down the stretch, like they did with, uh, what, Taylor Heim, I guess. Yeah, and I, I don't foresee any late offers going out unless, okay, if Michael Boganowski were to go to Kansas State, obviously you're looking for another safety. If Devin Jordan were to commit to TCU, obviously you're looking for another cornerback. So those are the two guys, I think, whose decisions could have a direct impact on what Oklahoma does, how they decide to play their hand down the stretch with late offers. But this is already going to be a huge class. It already is a huge class, and it's only getting bigger. So whereas last year you had the room to take a guy like Taylor Heim at the end of the cycle, you're probably not going to have that room at the end of the cycle this time around. 405, does he come with a sweet British accent? If not, we don't want him. Don't want him. Oh, yeah, he does. He does Oh, yeah, he does. Trust me, if you've not seen my interview with him on the OU Insider YouTube channel, uh, can confirm the British accent is there, and it is sweet. He he needs to voice the uh, intro video if he's a part of this class next year. Uh, The Boz, the intro video was pretty awesome on Saturday. I give uh, the intro video for this year an A-plus so far. Very impressed with it. Daniel Locke and Kumi voicing the intro video, though, next year. Oh, that'd be sweet. Mike in Weatherford, any Michael Boganowski news from the weekend? You you were there on Friday night. He had, what, 21 <laughs> tackles in his game? Kid freaking dominated, man. Legitimately one of the most impressive single-game performances I have seen at the high school level. He was all over the field on defense, and really the only time Junction City ever moved the ball offensively was any, was when he was in the game because they just throw the ball to him and he'd make stuff happen. He had two receptions. They both went for touchdowns. One of them covered 21 yards. The other one covered 86. So, uh, yeah, very, very impressed with him. As I Dion so, would say, he is him. He That's is what him. He's got a – and I – I don't think he's exactly the same player that Jacoby Johnson was, but he's got a lot of Jacoby Johnson in his game. I, he's To me, he's somewhere in between Jacoby Johnson and Samuel Masigo. Yeah. Because Samuel Masigo was much more defensively inclined, and so that's maybe where I see the similarity with Boganowski, but he's got the ball skills of Jacoby Johnson. Uh, it, it's been OU in Kansas State. It is OU in Kansas State for Michael Boganowski. I just get the feeling that after going up there Friday, you uh, – feel pretty optimistic about OU's chances. Well, look, Tyler, I'm not making an eight-hour round trip on a Friday night in advance of an 11 a.m. kickoff for a kid that I think is going to commit to Kansas State. So, mm, yeah, you had some intel going into that one that this isn't uh, – this wouldn't – you wouldn't be wasting well, your time. Well, I, I mean, shoot, Brandon Hall was there too, right? Yeah. So, clearly, Oklahoma is not in the business of going to visit recruits that they think are about to commit to Kansas State. So, I'm not promising you that Oklahoma gets Michael Boganowski, but what I'm saying is uh, the vibes are good right now. Scott T. brings up an interesting point here. So, we're going to be talking about an OU-SMU matchup going uh, really throughout this week. Uh, at one time, we would be talking about an OU-Georgia game coming up this Saturday. Georgia was originally scheduled to come to Norman this weekend. At one time, that was week two. And instead, it's uh, it's OUSMU instead. 
Pretty wild. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Oh, we got a whole lot of recruiting for you. Nigel Smith on Friday, Akin Kumi, Danny Okoye in town this weekend, as was Terry Bussey unofficially. Braden Platt is announcing later tonight. A lot to get to. Yes, we'll give you a williams Winery update as well. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. We're the Homeless Center fans. Locked in with McComas Thune, live on the ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. A happy Labor Day. Thank you for spending your day with us right here on Locked In. And the Ref Army listening worldwide today via the free KREF app. Just search KREF in the App Store to listen to us wherever you're at on the go. Vancouver, Canada is tuned in today. Mexico City is tuned in. Friendswood, Texas. Butte, Montana. Minneapolis, Minnesota. St. Augustine, Florida, Lawrenceville, Georgia, St. Louis, Missouri, Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, and our small town of the day, let's go down to Sulphur, Oklahoma. Sulphur, Oklahoma, our small Oklahoma town of the day. Ref Army Locator brought to you by Affordable Door, the the official garage door company of the Oklahoma Sooners. Let me tell you about the power of the Ref Army, by the way. Because we were at O'Connell's um, after the game doing the post-game show. Jamil Holloway, national champion, 1985, was hanging out there. And apparently Gunny was about to introduce himself to Jamil Holloway. And apparently Jamil Holloway already knew who Gunny was. <laughs> He's like, wait, you're from Porter, right? So that's the way that I understand it. So uh, it, it ended up like Gunny was about to introduce himself to Jamil. Jamil introduced himself to Gunny. Like that is that is legit, man. That is awesome. Gunny has created quite the name for himself, so it was good seeing him on Saturday and everyone else, uh, everyone else along with him. Listen, it's amazing. Uh, listen, you put in the work on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. You will become a five star texter, and when you become a five star texter, even the legends know who you are. Well done, Gunny. Uh, to know you make a move with uh, Terry Bussey. Still A&M, still LSU looked, in front. They made a move. I I still wouldn't call OU the leader. I still think he ends up at A&M or LSU. I, I think you got to hope for this decision to get pushed back if you want to have a realistic shot at Bussy because it almost feels like at that point the returns weren't as strong out of the weekend as the returns on Akinkumi and Okoye. So do you need to get him back? You need to get him back again in order to – make a strong final impression and have a shot at his commitment maybe. But as of right now, he's committing on September 28th. He'll be at Alabama next weekend. He'll be at LSU the weekend of the 23rd. And so you're not going to have another opportunity to host him. Uh, Nate Roberts was in for a visit on Saturday. He's going to take some other visits throughout the season. Going to take his time a little bit, what it feels like to me. And Nate Roberts, one of the best tight ends in the 2025 class, feels like to me that OU is a strong leader. He just kind of wants to take his time, not rush into a decision, maybe like he did previously. But OU is uh, in good shape, and I'd be surprised if they weren't in good shape at the end of the season as well. I'd I'd honestly be surprised if he ends up anywhere but Oklahoma right now, just because that, in, in every way, that fit seems to make the most sense for him. There's a reason it was his first stop of the season on a game day. And, yeah, on the one hand, it was right up the road. But to be at Oklahoma in week one shows that you're placing a priority on it. Uh, Obviously, he's said that the family is very comfortable with OU. 
the relationships are strong there, particularly with Joe John Finley. And, yeah, Oklahoma, all in all, is going to have the best shot to lock down Nate Roberts' services. Four-star linebacker Braden Platts uh, going to announce tonight at 7.30. I believe 24-7 is going to have that live announcement. It's OU and Oregon. It's felt like Oregon for over a month now, and I'm guessing nothing has changed on decision day for Braden Platt. Yeah, yeah. it'll be Oregon. Feels like uh, everyone's come to that realization for maybe several weeks now. That Oregon's the leader, and Oregon's going to win out on James that James Nesta, baby, the Lone Ranger. Only linebacker in the class. But how cool is that going to be for him 40 years down the road when he's got grandkids? Like, yeah, back in uh, back in 2024. A top team class. I was the, I only, was the only linebacker that Brent Venables decided to take. And then we won a national championship Ooh. when I was a junior. Now you're getting everyone's hopes up. <laughs> Seven eight five. who decommits if Terry Bussey picks OU? Saying, well, someone's going to decommit. If Bussy picks OU, who's it going to be? Zion Raggins, maybe? Just because he's the farthest out of the way geographically? Maybe Dozy Ezekama? Mm. I, look, I I don't know. You're, you're throwing darts. What I do know is right now all five of those wide receivers are completely locked in with Oklahoma. And would adding a sixth and a five-star at that change things? It almost certainly would. But... It, it, I'll put it. I'll put it to you this way: If anybody could hang on to a half dozen wide receivers in the same class, it would be Emmett Jones. True that. From the four hundred five, got to meet Gunny this Saturday, and he was more sober than I imagined. Great guy. <laughs> what, what were your expectations going in for Gunny, and how sober he was going to be? Nice job, Gunny. I, I, actually, you may not. You may not love that that someone met you for the first time and they came away thinking, oh, he was more. Uh, he was a little bit more sober than I thought that he would. That than I thought he'd be. I don't know if Gunny's going to love that or not. Uh, Scott T says, no, it's recruiting hour. But did you guys have any surprises or anything that stood out from the game as far as snaps go and who played and when? I mean, nothing is really too surprising in terms of who actually played during a 73-0 game and a game that could have been 173 to nothing if OU wanted it to be. I will say this, you know, there were several wide receivers that had big plays on Saturday, which was nice to see. I loved, loved the day that Jaden Gibson had. But I do think it's interesting how many touches Jacquez Petaway got compared to that of the other wide receivers. What do you have, eight, nine catches, I think, on Saturday? And there were a lot with two, three, four. But there was a noticeable effort to get Petaway as, as involved as possible when he was in there. I don't think so that I was partially by design, that, right? Yeah. Like he's he's your only true freshman wide receiver, so give the young guy some run. Only true freshman scholarship wide receiver, I should clarify. So, yeah, they gave the young guy a lot of run in the second half on Saturday. You know who your leading receiver was, though, as far as yardage? It was Nick Anderson. Okay, hands in the air there. Yes. I was like, my hand, my hands I didn't know if you I was, wanted I was me to finish for, that. I, was, or I, I, I threw slam the alley-oop up. I was okay. waiting for you to slam it home. But, yeah. hey, you know what? I, that was like I LeBron mean, that, off the backboard to myself. You're the Nick Anderson guy, so I wanted, you, uh, I wanted you to do the DeMarco Murray at Bishop Gorman High School with Bob Stoop standing there. there throw go. the alley-oop to yourself off the, off the wall behind the, uh, behind the backboard and rattle the rim. Brandon from the 405 says, was Jackson Arnold doing some low-key recruiting postgame? Hmm, that was interesting, wasn't it? Uh, Jackson Arnold just wearing an OU Missouri 
Big 12 championship t-shirt after the game. Buddy, I loved that. Love that. And somebody asked him about it, and uh, what do you say? Oh, I just, I just really like the t-shirt. I, I think it's cool. Uh-huh. Where did uh-huh. you get it? Ah, someone uh-huh. just gave it to me. Uh-huh. I, uh, Brandon, I, I think you could be on You think Miguel there. Chavis gave it to him? It's like, yes. here, here, throw this on. Throw <laughs> yes. this on. About to go do interviews, right? Here, put this on. Put this on. Put it on quick. That t-shirt, the last time Missouri was, uh, well, I guess they played in an SEC championship, but not a whole lot of relevant years since uh, since 2007 for the old Mizzou Tigers. Heck, you know what was some pretty effective recruiting? What Jackson Arnold did on the field. On he looked Saturday. good, man. He, I mean, he, he looked the part, did he 11 not? for 11? A passing touchdown? A rushing touchdown? Yeah. Yeah, he looked the part. What was Gabriel's completion percentage, like 86%? He was 19 of 22, so yeah, thereabouts. Like the best in his career, and it was second best on his own team. No, I, I, I don't think, at least I can only speak for myself, I wasn't surprised with how Jackson Arnold looked on Saturday, but he, he, he just he looked the part, man. That's kind of what I expected. I, I love that they got him going with the run game to dirty him up a little bit as a as Jeff Levy said after the game, they they let him play the quarterback position on Saturday. And I think that they're going to do that the rest of the year when he's in, and I think that that's very smart to get him uh, as much time as possible before the move to the SEC. Santa John Parker, any word from campus regarding da- uh, Davis Bevel's health? No, I have not heard anything on Davis Bevel's health. Didn't look good. I'm sure Brent Venables will comment on that tomorrow at his press conference. 918, Jackson Arnold was playing chess wearing that shirt post game. That would be quite the thing for Jackson Arnold and post game uh, availability to wear a t shirt that is recruiting someone that's still on OU's board. I don't know, like, um, what else could he wear? Um, he, he could wear, like, an OU Tennessee. Like a 2015 shirt or something like that when OU got that win. I, I, I don't Just know. A, it's, it, For it's, a, it's Sterling Shepard's hurdle. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's. It, I, I, I'd be willing to bet that was a coordinated effort. On Saturday. I'm here for it. I'm sure it wasn't. Great. I, I'm sure Jackson Arnold didn't just pull that t shirt out of his drawer and go, yep. I'm wearing this to post game. Now, somebody else had a hand in that. 405, is Parker going to enter a future cast for Danny Okoye? Uh, and then they respond, why no predictions for Danny Okoye? Yeah, come on, what's going on? You going to enter a prediction in for Okoye or not? Why is there no predictions in for the guy? I'm not going to enter a prediction for Danny Okoye, but... Yeah, I like OU to land that kid right now. It feels like uh, I favor Oklahoma. It feels like a Saturday. It went quite, 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 went quite well after losing out on Don McKinley on Friday. That was uh, obviously a bit of a bummer losing McKinley to Texas A and M. But it feels like since then things are the vibes are good right now with the twenty four class. Michael Hawkins was down there on the front row of the recruit section. Of course, the Sooners' outstanding four star quarterback commit in the twenty twenty four class and. He's down there in the first row, as close to the field as you can get. On one side of him is one official visitor, Daniel Akinkunmi. On the other side of him is the other official visitor, Danny Okoye. So, Hawkins was putting in the work. And both of those guys really developed a tight bond that's, over the course of that game. That's why I really like having a quarterback in every single class. Just, I mean... Five star, four star, like whatever. Um, a lot of times, those guys will headline the class like that. That helps, man. It matters. Like Michael Hawkins has helped out this recruiting class. We know Jackson Arnold helped out last year's recruiting class. I just, 
I like taking a quarterback every single year, especially if that kid is uh, one of the lead recruiters. For and by you. the way, I, I know I mentioned it earlier in the show, but I, I don't expect Danny Lock and Kumi to take any more visits right now. And if that is indeed the case, I, I know it's a three-star offensive lineman and not a five-star wide receiver, but you just Bryant Wesco to Clemson yep. if that's what happens. You just got that kid. You just got a kid from across the pond. To shut down his recruitment. Saturday was the very first college football game he'd ever attended. So you got the kid who has been adamant this entire time that he's going to be deliberate about the process and he's going to evaluate in great detail all the schools that are pursuing him and he's going to take five OVs in September. If he doesn't go anywhere the remainder of this month, you just got that kid to shut down his recruitment with absolutely no context for what Clemson offers or Michigan offers or Miami offers beyond what he's read on Wikipedia and picked up from conversations with the coaching staff. If you pull off Daniel Akinkumi and you are the only school that ever got to host that kid for an OV, well done. T- tip the cap to the whole OU staff on that one. Because yeah, that's a post-game meal. It was the Wagyu steak that they had after the game. It's what, it's what sealed the deal. Maybe it even a bit of a, a silent commit uh, midway through that steak. Who knows? 405-651-3439. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We'll give an update on Eddie Pierre-Louis. Yes, circle back with a Williams-Winary update and a whole lot more right here on The Ref. Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC. In El Reno, bringing you this hour of Locked In with McComas and Thune. Eddie Pierre-Louis drops the top five of Miami, A&M, OU, UCF, and Oregon. UCF still the leader there? Has OU gained any grounds? What's what's the current situation with uh, Eddie Pierre-Louis? Look, I, if he does end up at Oklahoma, I think it's going to be due in large part to Oklahoma's increased presence and influence in the state of Florida and the influence of guys like David Stone, for instance, because that is a guy who has a relationship with Eddie Pierre-Louis, and I I think familiarity is key for that kid. And that's why OU and UCF have long been regarded as the top two contenders in this race is because UCF is close to home. OU is the school the kid grew up rooting for, and he's had a relationship with the coaching staff that dates back nearly two years now. So – I I still would give the slight edge to UCF. Think OU's got some work to do, but especially as you start to see his peers get more involved, the OU commits. Heck, what, I, I think it was Josh Isosa that tweeted at him mm-hmm. with his own video <laughs> a couple of days ago where Eddie Pierre-Louis admitted that he grew up an OU fan and that OU was kind of his dream school. It, I think it's peer recruiting that's going to help tip the scales because at a certain point, there's only so much that Bill Biedenboe and the staff can do, right? At a certain point, you run out of things to say or things to show a kid. He's just got to make a decision, and it doesn't help – or I'm sorry, it doesn't hurt to have vociferous peers in his ears. Um, it looks like they might take – or they're willing to take six offensive linemen. I mean, you got three committed right now. Uh, Bricks, yes, you absolutely take him. Akin Kumi feels like he is definitely an OU lean right now. Yep. And then you're talking about Eddie Pierre-Louis. You're talking about Jordan Seaton. Um, if things go right here, and what you have, four offensive linemen, I believe, in last year's class, four scholarship offensive linemen, 
if this goes your way, this could be one of the bigger offensive line classes I can that OU's had in a while. Well, this is going to be, in general, one of the biggest classes OU has had in a while. Maybe their biggest class ever. But, yeah, man, six offensive linemen. I think the Sooners would do that because I think Akinkumi ends up at OU. I think Bricks ends up at OU, and then it becomes a question of – with how long you've been developing a relationship with Eddie Pierre-Louis and with how highly ranked he is, that's not a guy you're going to say, eh, we're out of room to. Like you're not going to tell him, you know what? We're 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 yeah. good. You always take an extra offensive ways. lineman too. That's exactly. a position where it's like, okay, now yeah, we'll 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 do that. Now, if you have five or six O linemen committed by the end of September, then maybe you tell Jordan Seaton, hey, mm. just don't worry about the whole official visit thing. You can hang back because that's not a guy that has been to Oklahoma ever? Question mark. Maybe he might have come when he was a lot younger, but in any case, he has not visited Oklahoma in the year 2023, and the relationship was only just, uh, what's what's the word? Basically, the Sooners hadn't talked to Jordan Seaton in a long, long time until very recently, and so they they just rekindled that relationship, uh, not too far, not more than a few weeks back. Uh, from the 310 state of California. Seriously? Georgia football staff member Jarvis Jones arrested for reckless driving? Yeah, seriously. That's happened to happen again in Athens. I think old Kirby said that they will hand, they would handle that one internally. Um, but, yeah, now it's a staff member that gets arrested, gets in trouble for reckless driving. Yikes. 402, state of Nebraska. I might have missed it, but any update on Grant Bricks? Still owe you in Nebraska? That's probably not going to change, I'm guessing. Nebraska's loss probably helped. I'll tell you that much. I I haven't gotten the chance to talk to Bricks in several days at this point. But, look, Nebraska got – if it were anybody else, if it were any team worth their salt that they had faced off with on Thursday night, they would have gotten throttled. As it was, they got barely, barely toppled by a Minnesota team that is not going to be very good this year. And Nebraska played some real sloppy football along the way in losing that game. And you contrast that with Oklahoma's 73 to nothing victory over Arkansas State in which the Sooners, yeah, everybody kind of knew they were going to win, but they really left no doubt. No doubt. Never a doubt in that contest. The difference between those two teams' week one performances is pretty oh, stark. Yeah, yeah. Well, and Nebraska was a nine-and-a-half-point favorite four days ago against Colorado. Nebraska. Yeah, those Nebraska what? Cornhuskers. They're a nine-and-a-half-point favorite at Colorado week two. Colorado, I think, right now is a three-point favorite. That line has swung uh, massively, massively. And after what Shador Sanders set a school record on Saturday – Travis Hunter made some unbelievable plays on both sides. And remember when we used to talk about Dylan Edwards all the time last year? Oh, do I. Man, he's fast. He's real fast. True freshman. Uh, yeah, I think, I think Colorado's I think Colorado's going to beat Nebraska on Saturday. The only thing is, do they spend the entire week taking a victory lap? Or they they got to get back to game prep and get ready for Nebraska coming Yeah, to I town. better not see Deion Sanders take a victory lap if Colorado beats Nebraska. Because oh, he that's will. Just... I'm sure he will. Beating Nebraska is not something to take a victory biggest, lap over. Biggest home game for Colorado in over 20 years. Biggest home game for the CU Buffs, and it's not even close. In over 20 years, the cheapest ticket is $400. I checked yesterday. Sheesh. And guess what? It's a 10 a.m. local time kick. 
for their biggest game since Gary Barnett was on campus. 10 a.m. local, because it's big noon. 10 a.m. local out there in Boulder. Have fun with that one, guys. Wow. Well, yeah, that might that that has the opportunity to get very ugly very quickly because Nebraska does not have a particularly athletic defense, and uh, you said it about Dylan Edwards. He fast. Yeah, he real there, fast. There, there's nobody on that Nebraska defense that's going to be able to tackle Dylan Edwards in space. I know this happened on Friday, but it was worth uh, it's worth bringing up again because you and I haven't discussed it. I did have uh, I had a little chuckle once I saw that Lane Jenkins is already in the uh, transfer portal. I was like, oh, okay, all right. So that's how that was going to go the entire time. All right, okay. All right. I can't remember if I said this on Friday or not. I talked to a source inside the Switzer Center who was like, yeah, that guy was always kind of squirrely. That was the exact word, squirrely. Like, yeah, kind of could see that coming with him. Boy, he had it made, right? He he was going to be at OU and have a chance to develop for a couple years. He probably would have played this past Saturday. Player. Maybe, yeah. I mean, everyone everyone else played for the most part. And, uh, yeah, he's he's in the portal right now. Is Williams Winery still wearing OU gloves during games? What, what's, what's, what's the latest with him? Is that still going on? Apparently he was wearing white OU gloves this past Friday. Jeez, so. That's three <laughs> times since he committed to Missouri. Is that every game that he's every, played in? Yes. Every, every game that he's game. played in, he's had the OU logo somewhere. And has he ever had Missouri or Georgia gear on while he was playing? No, he hasn't. That, did he have the OU Missouri Big 12 Championship t-shirt under his uh, under his uniform this past Friday night? Maybe, Maybe Jackson Arnold <laughs> let him borrow it for a game at some points. Maybe Miguel Chavis sent one to him and handed one to Jackson Arnold. Be like, hey. If ever you decide to flip, just do it with this T-shirt on. I, I look. I, I know that that whole that day was still maddening. It's still maddening to a lot of people. But at some point, we have to kind of get over that and at least recognize and acknowledge what's been happening here the past three weeks. And what's been happening is the dude consistently wears the OU logo when he's playing a game, and he he knows what he's doing. I, I, he knows the attention that it's getting. Um, and he's not rotating the schools through, which just let's see if he where are we at now? Let's see if he takes a visit, right? If he takes a visit combined with all this, then I think we already have a conversation of, on our hands. But if he takes a visit to Norman this year, which he probably will, then you're, then we're really talking and, about something. And this is this is the one question I have to everybody, especially the folks that were saying any any idea, any notion that Oklahoma finished higher than third in the Winery recruitment was a conspiracy theory. Have you ever seen a player, a committed player, wear the gear of the school that finished third in his (laughs) recruitment every single week after committing to another school? Because I have not. Yeah, uh, same. From the 918 uh, Lost City Sooner, he's like my friend's wife. She says she's all OSU, but she has a ton of OU gear. We know what team she loves. Same for that kid. Exactly. 405-651-3439. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Uh, we'll get back into Daniel Locke and Kumi, Danny Okoye, Nigel Smith coming up on Friday as well. More OU Cruton next right here on The Ref. Final segment locked in with McComas and Thune. The Rush coming up next. We'll uh, break it all down from the 73 nothing win on Saturday over Ar- Arkansas State. Four-star edge, Zeno Amozalu is ready to reveal his college decision on Wednesday. 
And that's looking like Texas, huh? I am inclined to believe he will be hooking them. Hmm. Nigel Smith won't be uh, hooking them. He'll be booming, as uh, Peyton Bowen said once said. Yeah, Nigel if Nigel Smith, Smith was going to be hooking him, he would have followed through on his plans to take an official visit to Texas this past yep. weekend. Yep. Newest rivals rankings, the number 82 overall player in the class, six foot five, 260 pounds. He is a four-star and needs to be celebrated for the type of player that he really is. Because like we said to lead off the show today, talked a lot about David Stone, Williams Winery. We'll continue to talk about those. Dom McKinley as well, but Nigel Smith a... Very, very good player in his own right, and honestly, part like how many times in the past ten years outside of this year would he have been your highest rated? Forget defensive lineman, like defensive prospect in a class. Most pretty, of those, pretty much every single year except last year. Yeah, really. Like and there were a few years where Oklahoma had one guy defensively that was real highly ranked. I think back to Buki in the class of 2018, for instance. But no, nah, man, realistically. Nigel Smith would have been the potential commit that OU fans would have been the most stoked about defensively pretty much every single year of the mule shoe era and probably every single year of the latter half of the Stoops era too. Yeah, good time to get him too with the uh, defensive line uh, exits you might have or that you are going to have at the end of this year. they got to restock that defensive line room a little bit. Drew from Flower Mound says, Dallas Morning News byline on OU Arkansas State. Quote, best opener win margin since 1917. Didn't Ryan's Arnold shines? It's funny because in the article, they do uh, note correctly he went to Geyer, but Caleb Hicks and Jada Coleman's boyfriend went to Denton Ryan. Uh, interesting. All right. But Jackson Arnold uh, played very, very, very well on Saturday. As did Jaden Gibson, and I mentioned it earlier, but I love to see that, man. A lot of people wrote him off, said, ah, he's not any good, he can't catch. Well, he made two incredible catches, easily the two best plays of his career on Saturday. They wrote him off, he ain't right back, no. as yeah. Geno Smith would put it. Yeah, exactly right. Nah, exactly right. So Danny Okoye, so really the story here, the, the byline in that one is OU came into the weekend with the lead, and they have an even bigger lead now for, uh, for Okoye. Right? Pretty much it. Miguel Chavis can work some magic on the recruiting trail. And, you know, Emmett Jones is kind of the guy that has the Midas touch as of late. At least that's, you know, that that's who fans perceive as the best recruiter on OU staff as of this particular moment in time. But let's not, let's not look past the fact that Miguel Chavis got P.J. Atabari a year ago. Uh, he's already gotten Wyatt Gilmore from Minnesota, a state Oklahoma hasn't recruited in six decades earlier in the cycle. And now he's on the verge of flipping the one in-state kid that, again, six months ago, Tyler, we were talking about, yeah, he's never coming to Oklahoma. There is a 0% chance. Well, look at it now. Now, it, it did kind of take some – well, it took a lot. It took a lot for us to end up here with Danny Okoye. But it, it took a lot from him. It took a lot from him to say, oh, maybe I need to look into this a little bit more before I just completely write him off. Yes, and as he himself mentioned, Mike Gundy and the Oklahoma, sta- uh, Oklahoma State staff kind of screwed that recruitment up too, which didn't hurt because he comes from a Poke family. But like, in a world where Miguel Chavis wraps up Danny Okoye and Williams Winery in the same cycle – I, I know Emmett Jones is the leader in the clubhouse right now, but just based on the circumstances of those two recruitments, 
and how highly regarded those two players are, Miguel Chavis will have a very strong case for K-Ref Recruiter of the Cycle. Yeah. By, by the way, Sting Factor, I believe that was a rival story. August biggest recruiting burns. Uh, you had the decommitment of Nate Roberts. That was a big recruiting burn for Notre Dame, one of the biggest in the month of August. Brendan Zerbrug was on that list. Really? Decommitting from Northwestern and committing to OU. Yeah, that, that, one, that one surprised me. He's had a like, good huh. little start to his senior year. Yeah, good I'll for tell him. You that much. Yeah, he's had a good little start. 580, sorry if it's already been addressed, but did Terry Bussey make the trip this weekend? He did make the trip this weekend as an unofficial visitor. And others have been wanting to know, well, since Daniel Kumi was an official visitor, does that mean that OU can and did they pay for his flights all the way from the UK? Yes, they did. That's the that deal with how the official, official visits. visits work. Yep. Yes. That's the difference. Even if you're coming from London, even if you're flying 5,000 miles over the ocean, yeah, your flight's covered. Uh, we need a price line, the cheapest flights, best way to get to uh, from the U. Uh, uh, you're used to booking flights from probably, you know, Houston, uh, the Kansas City area, you know, some, some notable uh, places in the region. But whoever scheduled the flight from the United Kingdom, I, I bet that was something. I bet that's something they've probably never done during their, uh, during their career Probably ever. a pretty hefty price tag. Maybe uh, the heftiest yeah. for any official visitor to date. All right, the rush coming up next. We'll talk OU, Arkansas State. Look ahead to SMU and the games uh, across the country this weekend and more. Keep it locked on the ref.